This is Guns and Butter. Considering that there's an $800 billion giveaway to be followed by another trillion and another trillion after that, this is the biggest giveaway since the land giveaway to the railroads in the mid-19th century. And just as that giveaway created a power elite that would rule America for a century and a half, this is creating a new power elite that has changed America from a democracy into an oligarchy. And as Aristotle said, what is democracy but the stage immediately preceding oligarchy? I'm Bonnie Faulkner. Today on Guns and Butter, Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show, The New Kleptocracy. Dr. Hudson is a financial economist and historian. He is president of the Institute for the Study of Long-Term Economic Trend, a Wall Street financial analyst and distinguished research professor of economics at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. His 1972 book, Super Imperialism, the Economic Strategy of American Empire, is a critique of how the United States exploited foreign economies through the IMF and World Bank. He is also author of The Myth of Aid and Global Fracture, the New International Economic Order. Dr. Hudson has written several articles on the recent Wall Street meltdown and Secretary of the Treasury Hank Paulson's plan. These articles have included Financial Bailout, America's Own Kleptocracy, the largest transformation of America's financial system since the Great Depression, the Paulson-Bernanke Bailout, Will the Cure Be Worse Than the Disease?, Financial Fraud, Mr. Paulson and the New Yazoo Land Scandal, and Thinking the Unthinkable, a Debt Write-Down, and Jubilee Year Clean Slate. Dr. Michael Hudson, welcome again. Thank you very much, Bonnie. Secretary of the Treasury Hank Paulson's $700 billion so-called bailout, first called the plan, was defeated in the House, then a modified version called Troubled Asset Rescue Plan, or TARP, was passed by Congress in its Emergency Economic Stabilization Act of 2008. Still others refer to this legislation as Cash for Trash, What would you call it? Uh, Cash for trash is exactly what it was, and uh, the emphasis should be placed on emergency for emergency plan. It was rushed through without giving any uh, opportunity to debate. Uh, Dennis Kucinich protested, for instance, that uh, this was the first time a major plan that was going to create the equivalent of 700 billionaires, uh, people who were going to become the next power elite to govern America for the next century, that this uh, act was done without any hearings, without specialists, despite hundreds and hundreds of major economists throughout the world saying that it was a disaster and a giveaway. Uh, It is cash for trash. It will not resolve uh, the problems. The dollar will plunge. The stock market already plunged. Uh, It is purely a giveaway to Mr. Paulson's colleagues uh, on Wall Street and a giveaway to Mr. Obama's and Mr. McCain's campaign contributors. Uh, The Democrats uh, were the major supporters of Mr. Paulson, while even the Republicans sought to uh, dissociate themselves from the plan so that they couldn't get blamed when uh, the inevitable uh, failure of the plan uh, shows that all that was done was a giveaway of $700 billion to Mr. Paulson's colleagues and pals on Wall Street. 
Well, now, what and who are being bailed out? People now are saying it's a 700 to an $850 billion revolving money fund. Uh, the tr- Secretary of the Treasury said that he really just picked the amount out of the air. There will be another uh, $700 billion next month, another $700 billion after that. Trillion after trillion will go to create a financial elite of kleptocrats. What's happened here by Mr. Paulson of Goldman Sachs is almost a mirror image of what the other Goldman Sachs Treasury Secretary, Robert Rubin, did in Russia. He's creating and endowing a class of kleptocrats by giving them liquid Treasury securities in exchange for worthless, uh, basically worthless jump. It's actually called the Worthless Assets Recovery Program, WARP. Uh, And this is pretty much what uh, was done in Russia to create Russian kleptocrats, giving In Russia's case, they gave state ownership of uh, raw materials and uh, fuels, oil, other assets to individuals who then uh, diversified their portfolio by selling as much as they could to the West and uh, taking their money out and putting them uh, into dollars and sterling and euros. What's happening here is that the Wall Street beneficiaries are going to take the money and run and put it in safe economies, such as Russia, China, uh, and any other uh, non-U.S. economy they can find. The result will uh, be a huge capital outflow, a capital flight that will push downward uh, pressure on the dollar. You know, Dr. Hudson, I was just about to ask you uh, what the difference is between the Russian kleptocrats and the American crony capitalists. Is there any difference at all that you see? Uh, Only that the Russian kleptocrats were supported by Clinton's Democratic administration, and uh, the American kleptocrats are now supported nominally under a Bush administration, but primarily by Mr. Obama and the Democrats, led by Barney Frank uh, in the Congress and uh, Nancy Pelosi. Uh, and by Reed. These are Democrats that must go, and if there's any sign of Mr. Obama keeping them on, then you know that the Democratic Party has been firmly captured by the Democratic Leadership Committee, that is, Wall Street's lobbying group within the Democratic Party. Well, now, since you've brought up Barack Obama, he was the one that lobbied for the passage of this, wasn't he? That's correct. And uh, the amazing thing was that uh, McCain did, too. Uh, Last Friday, I was attending the American Monetary Institute conference in Chicago, and we had some of the smartest financial brains around at that. And uh, it was at Roosevelt University, and we all went down to the student union to uh, watch the debate. And uh, let's take a look at what happened last Friday. Uh, The previous Thursday, uh, Mr. McCain had said there might not be a Friday debate because he was going to suspend the campaign until uh, he could straighten out uh, Washington regarding the bailout. So he went to the White House. There was uh, reportedly not very much that he said during the meeting, but the Republican congressional leader, uh, Boner, uh, made some very good suggestions. Uh, He suggested that instead of the bailout, the government use the money to set up a, a bank insurance fund of, say, anywhere from $250 billion to the $700 billion that was mentioned, the insurance fund would uh, lend money to banks in exchange for their uh, preferred stock, and this fund would be financed by levying a insurance charge on the entire U.S. banking system, just like the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation levies insurance rates uh, on the banks. And uh, The rates that uh, would be levied under the Republican proposal uh, would have reflected the actual 
risks involved so that if the banks got together and lobbied uh, politicians and supported uh, the political campaigns of politicians who wanted to deregulate the industry, uh, that's fair enough, but let them pay uh, the risks. Let them pay 1% or 2% or even 3% uh, of their deposits uh, for this because that's what it would take for uh, the government to bail out uh, policies like Alan Greenspan and uh, others have uh, supported. Instead of supporting this plan, uh, and instead of saying that he'd come to Washington to save uh, American taxpayers from uh, the giveaway, Mr. McCain did absolutely nothing. He, he was blamed by the media on Friday morning, uh, Friday afternoon, too, for saying, oh, he's uh, come to disrupt a done deal. Look what happened. He went to the White House. Uh, now you have the uh, congressional Republicans opposing it. Mr. McCain could have said, absolutely, that's just what he's done because he's a maverick, and he's going to protect uh, American taxpayers from uh, the bipartisan attempt to both uh, reflect the campaign contributions of their largest contributors, Wall Street, and he's not going to let it happen. He could have jumped in front of the parade, jumped in front of uh, opposition to an act that a reported 90% of voters were supposed to oppose, and uh, this would have put Mr. Obama on the defensive. McCain could have said, I'm opposing the giveaway and supporting taxpayers. Mr. Obama's the man who's uh, giving it all away to Wall Street and his major campaign contributors. Uh, look at what's happening with Mr. Rubin. There's no difference at all between his financial advisor, uh, Robert Rubin, and uh, the Treasury Secretary, Hank Paulson. And uh, instead, Mr. McCain shifted gears, reversed himself, gave in, and said, now I'm supporting the plan, too. So the result of the Friday debate, if you remember the first half hour, Mr. Lehrer kept trying to press both uh, presidential candidates on how do you feel about uh, the bailout? What do you think? And uh, they talked about anything else, and Mr. Lehrer tried to be more polite, and finally he was laughing. And uh, he said, aren't either of you guys going to answer my question? And uh, both of them said no. Now, when they refused to uh, give their position on the bailout to the American people, when they refused to take a position on a plan that most voters overwhelmingly oppose, and then they support the plan, this shows that uh, they're just in the hands of uh, their financial backers. Uh, could you briefly explain again how this insurance proposal would have worked and why it would have been preferable? Uh, the government would have set up a fund, and uh, the fund's money would have been provided to banks on the term that Warren Buffett, earlier that week, had made a $5 billion investment in Goldman Sachs. Uh, it would have uh, lent money to banks on the condition that, number one, it wipes out the stockholders. If any bank would have borrowed from the insurance fund, that meant that it was doing so as a life-and-death matter, and either uh, it would have uh, sacrificed its uh, common stock or it would have uh, made its common stock subordinate to repaying the government uh, for the risk. Uh, the government would have uh, charged a uh, high rate of interest and a high fee for making uh, the insurance payment, as any uh, insurance uh, company would have done. And instead of printing new Treasury bonds, to give away in exchange for these bad mortgages, uh, it would have established simply a line of credit, which at first would have been the same thing, but the credit would have been repaid not only by the banks that borrowed, but by all the banks in the country paying insurance, uh, essentially uh, bank insurance. Instead of being an insurance 
uh, fund for depositors like the FDIC is. It would have been an insurance fund for the bank owners themselves. And the banks have been acting almost as a financial gang in pressing not only to support uh, the Federal Reserve chairman, who is a deregulator, and the Federal Reserve is supposed to essentially represent the interests of the commercial banking system, but the banks also now have uh, supplied the Treasury Secretary, and the Treasury Secretary is not supposed to represent the banks. The Treasury Secretary is supposed to represent uh, the public interest, and instead, Mr. Paulson is representing uh, the banking interests, Wall Street, not uh, the public interest, and uh, so there's an inherent conflict of interest, and the system of checks and balances that are supposed to prevent uh, a giveaway like this have been broken. That's right. And you mentioned Warren Buffett, and I've noticed you mentioned the $5 billion he was putting into Goldman Sachs and other investments. He sets it up where he's got a good deal, and he gets 10% back every year and, and other things. Yes, and he said the government should have done the same thing. And uh, the Republican uh, congressmen actually voted according to their ideology, not according to their campaign uh, contributions, uh, because they realized that what's the point of getting a political campaign contribution if voting for the giveaway is going to result in their uh, voters voting against them anyway and voting them out of office. Uh, Their corruption in changing their votes uh, has been so egregious that uh, no amount of television advertising can wipe away the fact that the voters now know that they're bought and paid for. They're trying to pretend that they did it in order to help the uh, upper middle class by uh, insuring bank deposits not only for 100000 but for 250000 So all your listeners up there that uh, thought they were worried that had more than $100,000 in the bank can now rest uh, a little bit more secure. And there were a few other giveaways to the uh, upper middle class. Uh, they had to have the pretense of uh, doing something as an excuse for changing, but really the the giveaway remains in place, and uh, most American voters uh, realize that uh, this has been a a giveaway with no quid pro quo. One commentator uh, noted after the Senate, uh, the modified plan that passed the Senate, that uh, most of the senators that voted against it were up for re-election in November. That's right. Uh, if, if they want votes, they have to represent the popular position. And according to all of the press reports uh, in the statements out of Washington, there has never been so much of a voter protest as there has been against this giveaway. Uh, the people seem to know very clearly when they're being uh, given a line that just isn't true. And uh, no amount of apology and pretense can uh, cover up this obvious fact. I'm speaking with financial economist and historian Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show, The New Kleptocracy. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. Now, is the government buying real assets or just worthless, toxic junk? Well, no real assets will be bought at all, although the government will... Uh end up foreclosing on them. Uh, Let's say what the real problem is. The real problem is that the volume of mortgage debt 
far exceeds the ability of debtors uh, to pay and the willingness to pay. Uh, Mr. Paulson's pretense, which is an absolute lie and which uh, should lead him to criminal prosecution because he knows that it's uh, a lie, is that the problem here is a liquidity problem. But it's not a liquidity problem. It's a bad debt problem. Uh, Suppose that uh, people bought a house for $120,000 and uh, have a full mortgage on it for that price, and suppose the house has fallen to $80,000. I know a number of houses like that. I know a professor in uh, western Illinois that had a house that uh, uh, she bought for $125,000, the highest bid she has it on $80,000, fully mortgaged. Uh, Dennis Kucinich tells me that the house next door to him in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, was bought for $120,000, and now it's only worth $80,000. So this is typical. Now, imagine a bank uh, responding to a borrower who wants to say, well, gee, I want to be able to pay my mortgage. Can you lend me enough money to pay my mortgage? What bank can be expected when already the house is 50% over-mortgaged? Who is going to lend more mortgage than a property is worth? That era is over. No bank any longer is going to lend more money uh, than a house is worth. And already, Mr. Paulson said that 5 million Americans are in arrears and facing foreclosure. Uh, The figure was then corrected by other economists to 10 million Americans in the coming year are going to lose their homes. Now, no amount of liquidity is going to uh, uh, provide them with the money to stay in if already they can't afford the mortgage. And in fact, the government is now supposed to make money, quote, for taxpayers, unquote, by coming in and acting as debt collector. Now, in order to make money for taxpayers, the government now has to come in and say, We're going to enforce the adjustable rate mortgages uh, that are exploding in interest rates. You are now going to have to pay uh, much higher interest rates, penalty rates, back fees and penalties, or we're going to throw you out of your house because we have to make money for taxpayers. We are now the collecting agents, not Countrywide Financial or Fannie Mae or uh, Washington Mutual or the others. So uh, the the debts of homeowners will remain in place. The debts of cities and municipalities will remain in place. And uh, all that happens is that the people who have the mortgages are supposed to uh, be bailed out now because uh, under Mr. Paulson's plan, as he wrote it, and uh, the plan that the uh, House originally rejected, the terms were that uh, the government would buy the bad mortgages and bad debts from the banks and other investors and insurance companies for what they had paid for them. In other words, insurance companies will not take a loss for their bad investments. Banks won't take a loss for their bad investments. Hedge funds won't won't take a loss for their bad investments. Now, how many of your listeners would love to be able to say, gee, I made a bad stock market investment. I'd like the government to buy back these stocks that I bought that have gone down. That's not what uh, the government's doing because uh, these aren't the major campaign contributors. So this is the asymmetry, the the inequity. And The irony is that the Democrats have supported this so strongly. Uh, A week ago last Thursday in the Wall Street Journal, Hillary Clinton, of all people, came out with a wonderful, wonderful plan. She said uh, that the government should insist in rewriting the bankruptcy laws. She said the government should rewrite the mortgages down to the current market price, and the government should replace exploding interest rate mortgages with normal interest rates or the, uh, the teaser rates that had been signed. 
So she obviously knew what the right thing to do was, uh, and that's the plan that would have worked. And yet she went and uh, voted for for the plan that came out when the Senate passed it on Thursday. So she met the criterion of evil that uh, Milton described in Paradise Lost, somebody who knows the right thing and yet does the wrong thing knowingly. That That's also the definition of a crime. A criminal has to knowingly and consciously uh, be making a mistake. And uh, Hillary and uh, the other Democrats, Obama, just about all of the Democrats who supported the bill, said, we don't like it, we know it's wrong, but we're voting for it because it's an emergency, and if we don't vote for it, the stock market will go down. Well, as you saw on Friday, the stock market did go down, and it'll continue to go down because foreign uh, investors realize that this money that's being given away is going to flow out of the country very quickly, and uh, that's going to put downward pressure on the dollar. And even if uh, housing prices only fall another 20% or so, uh, if the dollar declines by more, they're going to take a a heavy loss that they they simply can't uh, afford to take. Well, you know, uh, Dr. Hudson, I was going to ask you if the plan, we'll refer to it that way, gives struggling homeowners the chance to refinance into long-term fixed-rate mortgages. And it sounds like, I mean, there's some sort of subterfuge in the media and some claims, and one of the plans been mitigated, and we fixed it, and we put in something for homeowners. But that's not really true, is it? No, it's not true at all. They said they will ask the banks, will you please give homeowners a break? Now, this is absolutely ridiculous. And uh, it's very funny that while many of the Republicans and Democrats uh, claim to uh, appeal to uh, Christians, what they're doing is the exact opposite of what you found in the Bible. For instance, in Matthew, there is one of the uh, passages where Peter asks Jesus uh, about forgiveness. And Jesus uh, tells a story of a king whose uh, official comes to him and owes him about 10,000 talents. And uh, he can't pay. He said, I I just don't have the money. And the king says, well, uh, you have to pay the penalty. Uh, You will become my my debt bond servant, and so will your family. You and your family are going to come into debt bondage to me. And the official threw himself down at the king's knees and said, I'm sorry, you know, I'm a good man. You know, please uh, have pity on me. So the king had pity on him and uh, said, okay, you know, I'm going to relieve you. Uh, I'm not going to throw you in debt bondage. Pay me when you can. And uh, then the official went out and found somebody who owed him uh, about a thousand talents or a much a much smaller sum. And he said, now pay the money that you owe me. I have to pay the king. And uh, the debtor didn't have the money. And so the Official said, okay, I'm throwing you and your family into debt bondage. Well, he went around trying to collect all this money, and this frightened uh, a lot of debtors, and the debtors went to the king and said, look, this official's coming and throwing everybody in jail and uh, taking them into bondage in order to uh, collect the debts to pay you. This is bad. So the king called the official in and said, look, I had pity on you, but you don't have pity and forgiveness on uh, your debtors, so now I'm going to throw you into jail. Uh, And in this case, uh, the king is like the U.S. Treasury Department, uh, forgiving the debts of uh, Wall Street, uh, saying Wall Street doesn't uh, really have to pay. But now Wall Street and the banks are going and tightening the screws on uh, the the smaller debtors. 
And so technically, the government should say, well, gee, in view of uh, your bad behavior, now that uh, Countrywide and Bank of America and others are going to go around, uh, and I'm already told that uh, thugs are going around to the black neighborhoods in Brooklyn to uh, try to uh, scare people uh, out of their houses to take over, uh, the government should should uh, say, well, now that we see how it's working out, uh, we're not going to lend you the money except on very extortionate terms that will reduce you guys to debt bondage. Uh, I'm amazed that um, in the South and uh, the Bible Belt, nobody's looking at this uh, passage from uh, Matthew in the Bible that uh, describes it. And in fact, uh, let's get back to the point where under the emergency uh, uh, part of the act, all of this is done as if it had to be in a hurry. Uh, There easily could have been time for the Democrats to put in a a bill letting judges renegotiate the mortgages. Nothing was done. They could have repealed the awful bankruptcy bill that the credit card companies and other bankers lobbied for so carefully a few years ago. And uh, the government could have restored the favoritism to the debtors, 90% of the population, rather than to the creditors, the upper 10%. But it didn't do this. There was no uh, bailout for the debtors, no renegotiation or lightening of the uh, credit terms for them. Uh, There was nothing at all that was done. Well, speaking of the vote in Congress, on Black Monday, September 29th, the Dow drops by 777 points after the first vote in the House of Representatives on the plan is defeated. Do you think that this vote was staged in the sense that congressional leaders know where the vote is before it's taken? No. I think, uh, obviously, the leaders didn't know. The leaders had all begged uh, the congressmen to uh, support uh, the, the act because the leaders themselves had already arranged very heavy campaign contributions for themselves out of all of this. And uh, they'd taken care of themselves, but the fact is that the individual congressmen knew not only that uh, they weren't promised uh, any cash on the table for themselves to sell out their voters to Wall Street, but they thought that even if the Democratic National Committee or the Republican Congressional Committee contributed money to their campaigns, no amount of television or media advertising could persuade the voters that they weren't crooks. And so uh, the congressional leaders thought that that other people, uh, their subordinates, would obey them, and this was always a false hope. Uh, The leaders were surprised, but it was very clear uh, from the very beginning on the part of the actual congressmen that they weren't going to support it because they'd already come out on the floor with such vehement opposition to the bill and uh, uh, pointing out exactly uh, what was wrong with the bill, that it didn't have to be done in a hurry, that there was no attempt to solve the debt problem, which was the core of the thing, that it misrepresented the debt problem as a liquidity problem, and that it simply was to bail out Mr. Paulson's friends, who, of course, are the same people who contribute to the Democratic uh, campaigns. Well, then, if the people who initially, in Congress, who initially voted no, then did understand the bailout bill. See, I was going to ask you if the politicians understood the problem in the bailout bill. They, so it's, they seem to very well. They understand the problem is 
uh, a debt problem, but uh, the real problem for them is what's more important, to get money in their pockets and to sell out to their backers or to represent what they think is right and what the voters think is right. The people who voted for the bill uh, decided to sell out uh, the public and vote against the public interest in their own interest and that of uh, their backers. So now what are you saying turned the no's around into yeses? Were they paid off? An enormous amount of lobbying took place uh, in the intervening week, and uh, not only in terms of money to the campaigns of uh, just a few people, and they only had to turn over, you know, maybe uh, uh, 20 or 30 votes, but also the leadership went to the, the no voters and said, look, what's your pet project? Is it ecology? Is it the environment? We're going to put in environmental things. Do you want more FDIC coverage for the upper middle class among your voters, the people who can afford to contribute to your campaign? We'll give you that. Politicians call this a Christmas tree of something for everybody to persuade politicians that their pet hobbies or their pet concerns would be taken care of. Well, in your opinion, then, were the politicians bought off cheaply? Uh, considering that there's an $800 billion giveaway to be followed by another trillion and another trillion after that, this is the biggest giveaway since the land giveaway to the railroads in the mid-19th century. And just as that giveaway created a power elite that would rule America for a century and a half, this is creating a new power elite that has changed America from a democracy into an oligarchy. And as Aristotle said, what is democracy but the stage immediately preceding oligarchy? Yes, that's becoming a very prescient quote. Uh, I even saw in there the cancellation of a rum tax in the Caribbean. I there, mean, yeah, there were every special interest. In other words, uh, they negotiated special interests for uh, constituents of particular representatives so that the representatives could then go to their contributors and say, look, uh, now we want our payoff. We've uh, given away more money to you. So now the giveaway has been to a lot of special interests and campaign contributors and bribers. Every campaign contributor got a huge uh, gift for this, enough of a gift to convince the representatives that after they leave office, they'll be taken care of for life. Do you think that fear played a part in it? I mean, there was such a big turnaround. No fear at all. Pure greed. I'm speaking with financial economist and historian Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show, The New Kleptocracy. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. Now, in your opinion, why didn't Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson want oversight of his plan? Because now the government is going to be negotiating with Wall Street what price to pay for given mortgages and for junk mortgages. And uh, if there's oversight, people could say, here's a mortgage that was uh, fraudulent to begin with, that didn't have any market value, that no uh, private investor in the world has been willing to buy. Why are you willing to pay so much for something that no private investor will have bought? And uh, there are guaranteed to be uh, charges of corruption about the people who are uh, doing the buying and selling. And uh, Paulson didn't want any of those charges. He wanted, he wanted the property and the money to be stolen fair and square. Well, since you've brought up fraud in the mortgage-backed securities, everyone seems to agree that many of these securities are worthless. But doesn't the fraud go much deeper For instance, I've heard that the same worthless mortgage shows up in multiple bundled securities. Do you think this is true? Uh, It's reported to be true, and uh, uh, the 
cure promises to be much worse, make the problem much worse. Uh, Mr. Paulson and the Democrats agree that there should be a regulator, a single regulator over the financial and real estate industry. Now, uh, at present, Washington has actually brought a lawsuit to stop the attorneys generals for various states from prosecuting fraudulent mortgage loans. And they say that only the government can do this uh, under some obscure law from the 1840s because we're going to regulate. Uh, you're not allowed to do anything. And then the government has done nothing to uh, enforce the law. Now, suppose the super regulator is going to say, we have the authority to regulate financial fraud. Nobody else does. All they have to do is put someone like Alan Greenspan in charge of this. All they have to do is put a deregulator in charge of it and uh, do absolutely nothing and nobody else in the entire country. No attorney general, no prosecutor, uh, not private uh, suits. Uh, nobody can stop the fraud. So uh, the centralizing the regulatory process in the hands of deregulators appointed by the industry to be regulated by the major campaign contributors uh, institutionalizes systematic ripoff of the Treasury. I think I read in the newspapers about what you're referring to. Was part of this where the states themselves, the state governments, wanted to go after fraud, and they were stopped by the federal government? That's exactly right. Yeah, that's what I thought. People like Mr. Mazzello should be in jail. Franklin Roosevelt said that nothing in politics is accidental. Nothing that happens in politics really is an accident. So when you have uh, a plan that's going to fail very shortly, like Mr. Paulson's plan, and he says, gee, I guess I didn't understand Wall Street, you're talking about one of the smartest guys on Wall Street from a firm that's considered to be the smartest financial firm on Wall Street. So when they claim, gee, it's just incompetent, I guess our giveaway didn't work, uh, you can be pretty sure that this is not an accident, that it wasn't out of ignorance they did it. You can uh, assume that they knew just exactly what would happen, that they knew it would be a failure, but it would be a failure that gives their constituency $700 billion dollars 700 billionaires, while tightening the screws on the rest of Americans. Now, can you tell me, what are credit default swaps? Well, uh, credit default swaps are the easiest way to lose money. Suppose I'd, I uh, would do this. Dennis Kucinich's other political advisor, uh, David Kelly, and I have said, uh, if you give us uh, $5,000, for every $5,000, we'll insure a billion dollars worth of these bonds. And nobody's going to give us $5,000 because on a teeny little base, suppose we got 10 people to say, gee, this is great. We'll insure $10 million worth of bonds. We'd end up with uh, $50,000, and uh, then the bonds would go under, and people would come to us for insurance. Uh, say, okay, now pay us. We've lost our money. And we'll say, gee, I'm sorry, the uh, uh, 50000 we've put in the fund, uh, we've already spent it on salaries uh, and bonuses for ourselves. We don't have any money to bail you out. So companies were buying, uh, pretending to buy insurance from monoline companies, that is, companies who were set up exclusively to uh, insure bad debts, and the insurance premiums were laughably uh, low compared to the actual risk. Uh, so the insurance companies used junk mathematics to create options to buy and sell junk bonds and junk mortgages, and uh, the whole thing was junk. Remember the people who developed uh, the Skulls mathematics uh, for options trading and insurance were the people who set up uh, the long-term uh, capital management 
that went bust uh, 10 years ago and almost broke down the market. And then this year, the same managers started all over again, started another fund, and they've lost 40% this year. So the fact is, their models don't work. Uh, the Nobel Prize for these guys turned out to be pretty much of a booby prize because the models uh, that were used have led to the biggest financial crisis in, in history. It's junk mathematics, and the insurance companies were collecting premiums that uh, didn't have any relationship whatsoever to the risk. And uh, what they did provide was a cover story for investors to say, well, we've uh, done due diligence, we've insured our uh, small uh, holders, we've insured our depositors, by we've actually taken out uh, credit insurance uh, so that we can't lose. And now they express surprise, uh, shedding crocodile tears over the fact that, gee, I'm afraid uh, the insurance that didn't work. Uh, thank God we've already paid ourselves uh, huge bonuses and paid ourselves huge salaries. Thank God we've taken care of ourselves. Sorry, folks. I'm okay. Well, now, was uh, the bailed-out AIG involved in these credit default swaps? Yes, it was a major writer of the credit default swaps. And in today's paper, it's reported that of the $85 billion the government gave it, it's already run through uh, about $61 billion. So it's already uh, used it, and now it's already run through it and has been downgraded by the ratings agencies and is about to go bankrupt anyway. So the only effect of this $85 billion that was given to it was to repay the uh, pals of Paulson who sold out the quickest. They've paid uh, the smartest insiders and uh, the people on the periphery, uh, the foreign bankers, the people who've been gullible enough to have faith that this is actually going to help the system, have been left holding an empty bag. Well, now, if this credit default swap, this this fake insurance, uh, I would have thought this would have gone belly up immediately. What would happen when people would try to collect? They can't collect because there's no money there. Uh, the assumption is that only a few marginal companies uh, will go bankrupt by accident, uh, not that the problem is systemic. And the problem is systemic. The whole idea of uh, banks originating loans and selling them to outsiders was a guaranteed failure from the very beginning because uh, the way that one makes uh, let's contrast that with how one makes uh, money by speculating on property if you buy property the idea is to buy a house and to sell it to uh, somebody else at a higher price hoping for the proverbial greater fool to come along no fools come along now and the speculators have uh, withdrawn from the market now uh, this property is financed by a mortgage and the way that uh, Wall Street has worked is let's package the mortgage and sell the mortgage at a profit to somebody else well you have to find the proverbial greater fool uh, for that now they expected the proverbial greater fool to be a sovereign wealth fund they thought if everything goes wrong uh, in this game of musical financial chairs we can turn around and sell to the Arabs, uh, we can sell to OPEC, we can sell maybe to China and Japan, uh, we can leave them holding the bag, just like we left the German banks uh, holding the bag, uh, and we can escape cleanly. But they didn't have enough time to do this, so now the proverbial greater fool is the U.S. government. And the U.S. government is going to create about $2 trillion of new treasury bonds and exchange these uh, perfectly good treasury bonds that are as good as cash, because you know the government can always print the money. Uh, they'll exchange these uh, bonds uh, cash for trash. 
Wow. Now, also, the uh, trash that the cash is buying, are these mostly uh, collateralized debt obligations and derivatives? I mean, this this is what they're really buying, isn't it? It's all left up to the Treasury. And do you want to really leave it up to a Treasury secretary that has been so deceptive as to misrepresent everything, uh, the problems that are facing America? Do you want to leave it to the discretion of a secretary treasury that says we have a a liquidity problem, perfectly good uh, mortgages at some price, it's just a little liquidity, that will not tell the people what every American seems to know by now, that it's a debt problem. Every American knows that if uh, there's a higher mortgage than the value of the property, nobody's going to lend money. Because most Americans know they can't get mortgages. Mortgage loans. They can't get car loans. They can't get personal loans. They can't get new credit card loans. They know that there's no money available at all. Uh, and that the reason is that when they asked the bank, why not? The bank said, well, we've looked at your income and you're already loaned up. You're already paying 40% of your income for housing and debt. You're already paying another 20% just for student loans, health loans, personal loans, car loans. Uh, credit card arrears. Uh, there's no more slack left in the economy. The debt overhead is absorbing now the entire economic surplus. There isn't any more that, uh, that people can do. And so now the time for foreclosures come. Now is the time for the upper uh, 1% to sharply increase its holdings, its degree of wealth and income. The Congressional Record Office has uh, estimated that 10 years ago, the top, the wealthiest 1% of America's population owned uh, 37% of all revenue from wealth, interest, dividends, and capital gains. Five years ago, they'd increased this so that the upper 1% owns 57% of America's wealth. The estimate is today that the top 1% of the population now owns almost 70% of all the American wealth. Now, just think of it. This is like a banana republic. It's like a third world kleptocracy. 1% of Americans owning almost 70% of all of the uh, income from wealth. Uh, The the hypocrisy of the Treasury Secretary and of uh, the Democrats uh, who supported the plan is that, well, gee, we have to bail out the stock market to help the little guy. We have to help the pension funds, and we have to help the small investor. Now, uh, if they really wanted to help the pension funds, what they would have done would say, well, we're going to give this money to bail out uh, the Pension Benefit Guarantee Corporation, which is now $25 billion in arrears for what it needs to guarantee failing pension plans. They would have said, if they wanted to help depositors, gee, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation is now about $40 billion in deficit. They would have put $40 billion much less than $700 billion, just $40 billion to uh, bail out the uh, FDIC. They didn't do it. Uh, they would have said, uh, remember when uh, Mr. Bush last year said there's no money at all for Social Security, that Social Security is going to be running a trillion-dollar deficit over the next 40 years? Let's put some of this money to uh, refinance the Social Security program. They didn't do that. They could have used a much smaller amount to guarantee public health. They didn't do that. So, Instead, Mr. Obama and uh, Hillary came out against public health uh, and against uh, Social Security, against uh, bailing out the pensions, against bank security in voting for this plan, and they should be held accountable. I'm speaking with financial economist and historian Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show, 
the new kleptocracy. I'm Bonnie Faulkner. This is Guns and Butter. So that when they say there's a liquidity crisis, there's no liquidity crisis. It's a debt crisis. That's correct. It's a bad debt crisis and a bad investment crisis. And Wall Street says, gee, we thought that uh, in the game of musical chairs, we'd have a chance to get out quick, just like Goldman Sachs was able to get out quick from a lot of the junk mortgages. And they weren't able to get out quick enough, so they said, we want uh, the government uh, to take the loss. We don't want to take the loss. Will you please buy all of our bad investments at the price we paid for them so that we won't take a loss? We'd much rather the taxpayers take a loss. And Mr. Obama said yes, Mrs. Clinton said yes, and the Democrats said yes. The Republicans uh, tried to say no. They said, we don't want any part of this. Many Republicans obviously did vote for it, but this is a Democratic plan for the incoming Democratic administration to impose with a vengeance. And uh, it's the Democrats that have put the class war back in business. Well, we hear in the media uh, the claim that, oh, well, the Republicans were against it, but for the wrong reasons. <laughs> what can one say to that? The fact, yes, it's, that's true. Uh, they were against it because uh, if you look at what they said, they said this is, uh, this is socialism. Well, it's nothing like socialism at all. When you give away money to uh, the wealthiest uh, class, this is old-fashioned kleptocracy, and it's a step back toward feudalism. It's not a step toward socialism at all. So in that sense, the rhetoric that the Republicans used was their usual silly uh, rhetoric. But the fact is they did oppose uh, the act. And if you look at the statements that were made on the House floor and the Senate floor, statements that do not appear in the uh, New York Times, that do not appear in the Chicago Tribune, that do not appear in the Wall Street Journal, then you'll see that these congressmen who voted against it were pretty smart. uh, And the media is refusing to uh, say what they actually said. The media is refusing to cite the reasons that the congressmen voted against it. You don't find any discussion at all of uh, Dennis Kucinich's reasons for uh, voting against it. The fact that uh, there was no need to panic, the fact that there were no hearings. uh, It's unbelievable that uh, an act of this magnitude by government, uh, never before has there been an act like this with no congressional hearings, no bank oversight committee hearings, no uh, testimony by expert witnesses, absolutely no discussion at all, a total clampdown, almost done under martial law. And that's why I said uh, that last Friday is the date at which American democracy ended and the oligarchy imposed its brute force. Dr. Hudson, I was about to ask you about the role that the media has played in this. There's been an awful lot of disinformation put out, hasn't there? That's the role of the media these days. And what would you expect from a media that's uh, been centralized in the hands of uh, the wealthiest classes? Uh, The media have acted as cheerleaders for the act, for Wall Street, for the real estate industry, and they have indeed been promoting disinformation. You don't get any of uh, what I've been saying, not only in the media, but on educational TV, on McNeil Lair uh, or any of the other reports, you get a little bit more on PBS, uh, you get much more on radio, and of course much, much more on the Internet. And the Internet is really the only place where you can get a very open discussion of the problems. Uh, Almost every day in the last two weeks, I've written uh, a lead article for Counterpunch, for instance, and my Counterpunch articles on Internet have been uh, picked up by uh, many other major 
Internet uh, Information Clearinghouse, uh, Michelle uh, Chosadovsky, uh, all sorts of other people have been uh, picking up my articles, and these have been going around so that my website, uh, michael-hudson.com, has 5,000 hits a day. So somebody's uh, reading all of this. The media are not reporting it in this country. Uh, yesterday, I was on uh, Japan's largest uh, Sunday uh, talk show debate program talking about it. Uh, I've been on Canadian media. I've been on BBC's International Service. I've been writing articles in Latvia. Uh, nothing in the United States. Yes, I've been reading your articles on uh, globalresearch.ca, Michelle Chosodovsky's website. Yes. Um, now, I wanted to talk a bit about how... Treasury Secretary Hank Paulson's plan has changed. What do you think of uh, the FDIC insurance increase for depositors? Uh, the Wall Street Journal had a wonderful editorial on that yesterday. They said this can be almost as much of a giveaway as the $700 billion itself because it's uh, something open-ended. The banks are in trouble. How many Americans do you think have more than $100,000 in the bank? Remember, if uh, a couple has uh, 200000 they're doubly insured. Uh, they're insured for 200000 If they have four kids, they can put them in accounts. Uh, ever since I worked for the Savings Bank's trust company in 1961, uh, the savings banks would take money from wealthy bank depositors and they would spread them around. Uh, 100,000 in each of the 127 New York savings banks. So the fact is, you'd have to have more than about, uh, I'd say, $2 million to have difficulty finding insurance uh, that you couldn't spread around among 20 banks. So all this was was insuring uh, the top 10% of the population. How many people have that much liquidity that it really matters? It was a giveaway. Again, they solved the problem of the giveaway to the ultra-rich by giving even more away to the rich. That was what the Wall Street Journal itself uh, pointed out in its editorial page on Friday, and it was uh, a great editorial. Now, so far, uh, people have talked about the $700 billion that is at stake, and uh, the government has said, we're going to put securities in here. However, what the media have not reported, although the uh, British newspaper, The Economist, uh, had a wonderful chart last week showing that the Federal Reserve has already swapped uh, $500 billion worth of Treasury bonds for junk. The uh, the cash for trash has already begun since March by the Federal Reserve. So $500 billion is almost as much as the $700 billion that the Treasury is talking about. This has already been given away by the Fed uh, to Wall Street insiders, and nothing has been uh, said in the media about this at all. Although it's been statistically reported by the Fed, the Fed reports its uh, holdings of securities. It reports its holdings of Treasury securities, which have gone down by $500 trillion. It reports its uh, overall securities, which now are $1.1 trillion compared to the uh, less than $500 billion in Treasury securities. And this leaves between $500 billion and $600 billion in, in essentially non-Treasury securities, which are the junk that it's taken on in these swaps that it's arranged. And uh, the Fed has been swapping this, not only with the banks that it's supposed to represent, it's been doing cash for trash with insurance companies, investment banks, and people who have no relation at all under the Fed. And this is being done under the Fed's uh, special small print 
of the Fed's uh, articles and corporations saying it can do this to save the economy. Well, it's not saving the economy at all. It's wrecking the economy by doing this. It's it's wrecking the economy by uh, buying trash from uh, insiders and, as I said, creating a new kleptocracy. Well, I've never heard of this other uh, this previous five hundred billion. Uh, no, that wasn't reported. Well, if they don't have to, why well, are they? The Fed says it has reported it on. For anybody can go into the Federal Reserve's uh, online on the Federal Reserve and check the daily and weekly Federal Reserve statistics. You can be sure that just about everybody on Wall Street that has a stake in the financial system has done that. The media have blacked it out. Well, if they gave away uh, $500 billion, uh previously with uh, a media blackout, why did they even bother to go public with the $700 billion? Because they need altogether about $5 trillion uh, to create. If they're going to create 500 billionaires uh, to run the, the country for the next century and to create really a new feudal class, they need $5 trillion, and uh, they don't want the people to know uh, what's occurring, because if they did, the voters would get so upset they'd create probably a new political party, uh, an alternative. And they don't want the voters to have an alternative, uh, certainly before this election. They've got uh, uh, one candidate, uh, McCain, who's advised by Phil Graham, who's completely in Wall Street's pocket. They have another presidential candidate, Obama, whose uh, financial advisor is uh, Treasury Secretary Rubin. If you want to see what is likely to happen to the United States, you should look at what Mr. Rubin did when America had a completely free hand in redesigning the Russian economy. Uh, This was their ideal. You've seen that since uh, the 1996 giveaways in Russia, the Russian population has fallen more than it fell in World War II. That financial devastation today is even more devastating than military uh, destruction. And uh, the result is a shortened life expectancy, lower birth rates, uh, depression. The effect is psychological and social, not merely economic. Well, why didn't they keep their subsequent $700 billion secret? Did they just feel they couldn't? Because it's become so large, larger than the Federal Reserve has on its balance sheet. The Federal Reserve only had $1.1 trillion, and uh, the Treasury uh, can print an infinite amount of bonds uh, to exchange uh, for trash, and uh, what they needed was much more than just a trillion. They need really trillion after trillion uh, to bail out the bad debts, because that is how deep the hole is that Wall Street, and behind it, free market economics of the Chicago School variety, has uh, led the country into. Well, then, would you say it's too big to bail out? In essence, yes. So it it can't really be bailed out. But what you can do is let the insiders get as much money as they can, as quickly as they can, under emergency conditions, so that they can take their money and run. Of course, it can't be bailed out, but you can let a lot of insiders take their money and run. And they're going to run out of the dollar. Dr. Hudson, as always, thank you for the good analysis. Well, thank you very much, Bonnie. It's always a pleasure to be on your Guns and Butter show. I've been speaking with Dr. Michael Hudson. Today's show has been The New Kleptocracy. 
Dr. Hudson is a financial economist and historian. He is president of the Institute for the Study of Long-Term Economic Trend, a Wall Street financial analyst and distinguished research professor of economics at the University of Missouri, Kansas City. His 1972 book, Superimperialism, the Economic Strategy of American Empire, is a critique of how the United States exploited foreign economies through the IMF and World Bank. He is also author of The Myth of Aid and Global Fracture, the New International Economic Order. Today's program focused on his latest articles, including Financial Bailout, America's Own Kleptocracy, the largest transformation of America's financial system since the Great Depression. The Paulson-Bernanke bailout, will the cure be worse than the disease? Financial fraud, Mr. Paulson and the new Yazoo land scandal, and thinking the unthinkable, a debt write-down and jubilee year clean slate. Dr. Hudson has been a consultant to foreign governments including Canada, Mexico, and Russia. Visit his website at www. .michael-hudson.com That's www.michael-hudson.com Guns and Butter is edited and produced by Bonnie Faulkner and Yara Mako. Our engineer is Bonnie Bone. To leave comments or order copies of the show, call 510-848-6767, extension 628. Email us at blfaulkner at yahoo.com. That's B-L-F-A-U-L-K-N-E-R at yahoo.com. Our website, gunsandbutter.net, is under reconstruction. Hey, yo, these are some serious times that we live in, G. And our new world order is about to begin. You know what I'm saying? Now the question is, are you ready for the real revolution, which is the evolution of the mind? If you seek, then you shall find that we all come from the divine. You dig what I'm saying? Now, if you take heed to the words of wisdom that are written on the walls of life, then universally we will stand and divided we will fall because love conquers all. You understand what I'm saying? This is a call for all you sleeping souls. Wake up and take control of your own cipher and be on the lookout for the spirit sniper. Trying to steal your life, you know what I'm saying? Look with this side yourself for peace. Give thanks, live life, and release. You dig me? 